pigeons, doves, flat kitty, turtle doves, crisps, more pigeons, tiger kitty, to ask you what you're doing but I don't think that you know what you're doing. Well I'm doing the new title sequence. But we already have a title sequence. Oh. Roll title sequence! <laughs> yes, alright, alright, thank you, thank you, goodbye. Finally, I'm so hungry. I thought that tyrant Mr. Paisley would never get off the phone. Hello, thank you for choosing the Bobby Castavo vending machine. What would you like? I would like a Mars bar and a can of iron brew. We have neither. Would you like to play a game? Um, no. I would like my Mars bar and an iron brew. You have selected yes. Which game would you like to play? The one that gives me my Mars bar and an iron brew. You have selected the annoying noises of 2011 game. Would you like to know the rules? Can I have my chocolate please? I'll take a double decker if you've got no Mars bars left. The rules are you have to sit and play the game and if you win then you get your Mars bar. If I win I get the chocolate. Yes. Then I choose to play the annoying noises of 2011 game. You have selected yes. How many players? One. One player, genius. You have selected individuals. I shall now play a long and annoying noise, which will be repeated a further three other times for the other contestants. I never said that. I never said that. Listen very carefully and tell me what this is. Oh dear. Many laters. If I didn't know the first three times, what makes you think that I would know it after a fourth time? The correct answer was a petri dish. I don't care. I just don't care anymore. Congratulations. You have won the annoying noises of 2011 game. Your prize is your master. Yes, yes. Just give it to me. That is unless you want to play the game again. No, no, no. Please, just give me my Mars bar. You have selected... Yes. What? No! No! I shall reset the game for you and the other three players and start again from the start. Bet you were made by money.com, weren't you? Weren't you? Good afternoon today and welcome to today's edition of Owls. Tonight on the program, we will be discussing one of the lesser known breeds of owls and one which will prove to be a fascinating insight. Dr. Reuben? Thank you. Owls, when did everyone start loving them so much? Was it overnight? I can tell you right now, they have always been very fond of owls. In fact, I was one of the first to openly declare their love for the owls. I was there at the start, and in some ways that makes me better than you. I was just about to say the same thing. Thank you. 
Now, moving into owls. Have you ever heard of the owl? I can't say that I have. I knew you were going to say that, because up until half an hour before this programme, you told me that you didn't know what an elbow was. That's true. I was there. That actually happened. Exactly. The elbow lives in a part of South East Asia. Nobody knows how many are living currently in the wild. It has been estimated that around 7,000 are flying, hooting and indeed owling in Thailand alone. You can see that on this map. You're right, I can. So what distinguishes the owl from all the other varieties of owls out there? Excellent question. The owl isn't brown or white, like common cousins. The owl is freshly sort of a reddy pink colour, like a fresh cut of steak or your girlfriend's tongue. It's a lot less feathery too. In fact, than 15% of its body is covered in feathers. Instead, it has more rugged balls look, just like your dad after he shaves. That's fascinating. What kind of music do they like? Mostly German electropop and Danish techno. What are the chances of us ever seeing them in this country? Highly likely, I'm afraid. The Elbow doesn't like flying too far. Another interesting fact is that since rarely being discovered in 2002, nobody has been able to get close enough to lick one. Really? Yes. I believe there's currently a competition running in the Owls Monthly, which states that if someone can take a photo of them licking the elbow, they will be rewarded with a copy of The Shining by Stephen King on mini-disc. Bewildering stuff. So there you have it. Another owl taken to the library and repeatedly ran over with knowledge. Barry Norman. Further reading and all of Dr. Rubin's pictures, videos, and even some napkin sketches are available on our website, www.badboyowls.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Good night. Have you ever seen one in the flesh? What? You mean in the nude? Owls are all in the nude. I mean actually seen one with your own eyes. No, but let me tell you something with things I have seen with my eyes. Didn't you used to go out with Kate Upton? Turn the microphone off and let's talk. Turn the television on. We're going to miss it. Miss it? I miss a lot of things. You're going to have to be more specific than that. Turn it on. We're going to miss hard leather. They're repeating hard leather. I never thought I'd see the day. I've been looking forward to it for weeks. You know, I could just record it so we could keep it. Shh. It's starting. So much for common sense. And now on Eternally Fried, the pilot episode of the cult favourite, Hard Leather. Nothing's happening. No, it is. I've seen this episode before. Well, it's just a blank screen with nothing on it. He's coming. Just give him a minute or two. If you say so. What's that? I think that's the front of his cane. You must know about the legacy of hard leather. I know that Sarge 70's favourite, Kurt Boinkerboin. True. What with all the other police and cop shows taking up most of the ideas, the writers could either make him very young or very old. They chose the latter, so you have an ageing detective solving crimes in the same vein as Columbo or Quincy. They only made one series of it, mind. It's an hour-long programme, but the opening credits take up two-thirds of the running time. Why is that? The makers wanted to keep it realistic. The character, Hard Leather, is pushing 80. He suffers most of the afflictions elderly people do. 
corns, boils, narcolepsy, uh, he struggles to walk, and when he does, well, you can see that there's no rushing involved, but he does get there in the end. So it's like this for another, let's see, 35 minutes? Yeah, the, the tip of his hat is just about to appear, you might want to get comfortable. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the corner shop. Let me know if anything happens. It won't, but sure. Some laters. I'm back. Oh, it's gotten to a good bit. His body is almost fully on screen. Ten more minutes and they'll make it to the middle and turn towards the camera and then it's on to the actual program! I suppose we should be thankful he didn't have to make it all the way to the other side. This totally deserves a 21st century reboot. If I were your age, I would be acting out hard leather in the playground, pretending a stick was a cane, struggling to walk. Great times. No, Dad. It could be the new... Insert pointless children's fad here. Or the next... Insert another pointless children's craze here. We could make it marketable. No, Dad. Oh, fine. Don't come crying to me with your fake facial hair and old man trousers when everyone else was doing it before you. New from the makers of Sponge Clogs comes Virtual Handstands. Do you remember the good old days? Those innocent, carefree days of yore? Would you like those days back? Can you even remember those days? You can have a large helping of yore with the newest thing to ever happen. Virtual handstands. All the fun of a handstand without ever actually doing one. We sit you in a comfy chair and use complex procedures and shiny sticks to implant in your mind the memory of doing a handstand. Up against the wall. Out in the playground. With the help of a friend. All of these scenarios can be yours and much, much more. Childhood doesn't have to be one of those things that you don't quite get anymore, like technology and using a coaster. With the help of virtual handstands, you can have fun squared all day, every day. Virtual handstands. Four simple payments of $24.99 and you'll be remembering in no time. Virtual handstands. I'm back. Did you get my cheese whiz, boy? What? No. I did get all the other items on your list, though. So where are the bin liners? Bin liners? Bin liners. There's no bin liners on this list. Yes, there is. I put it underneath ground paprika. Ground paprika. Ground, ground, ground paprika. Towards the top of the list. I'm going to be honest with you. I may have spilt something on the list before I left today. Oh dear. I was chugging back a couple of root beers and I saw a kitty and he was a ginger kitty and he was sitting on a bin and I, I, I spat the root beer out on the list by accident. <sighs> I see. So not all of the words on the list were very legible. Okay, so you didn't get bin liners? No. What did you get? To me, it looked like inline skates, so I got you a pair of them. He's a size 13. That's all they had at the corner shop. So no bin liners. I'm guessing no ground paprika then? To me, it didn't look like ground paprika. Because it had root beer on it? Yeah. To me, it looked like round April. That's not a thing. I use my imagination. Oh, God. 
and thought that maybe using Cockney rhyming slang, like round April, April, May, May tray, round baking tray. You bought a pair of inline skaters and a round baking tray. There were plenty of them at the corner shop. Please tell me you at least got the smoky barbecue sauce. The what? Smoky barbecue sauce. Oh, oh, so that's what that said. Yes. What did you get instead? I really don't think I should tell you. No, you should. I don't think you're in the right frame of mind for the alternative that I happen to bring as a substitute. And I don't know what on earth you could have confused smoky barbecue sauce with. I'm sure that you'll at least thank me one day. That's never happened. I was passing the zoo and it, it dawned on me, let me finish, it dawned on me that possibly the first word was an animal. To me, it looked a lot like monkey. You know what? You don't even have to finish the sentence because I know that if I open this window and look down in the garden, I'm going to see a monkey barbecue, aren't I? You do have very messy handwriting too. Aren't I? I think you should give me the benefit of the doubt. Just before, just before you open that window, have a little faith in your dad for using using his mind and doing his best under, under difficult circus. A difficult circus, you say? I was trying to say circumstances. I hope you know I'm telling Eman and Holmes. Ah, oh, don't. He's always trying to get back at me. I'm picking up the phone now. In my defence, what kind of a shopping list has bin liners, ground paprika and smoky barbecue sauce on it? That's not a normal list. I mean, why couldn't it have been uh, milk, bread and eggs? Because who knows what guff you would have brought back. That's a fair point. Coming soon, in a world of men, how can one woman stand out from the crowd? In a world of inequality, how can one woman make a difference? Only the strongest will survive in Mrs. C, Lunchtime Detective. Hello, I'm Mrs. C. I will be a dinner monitor for the remainder of the term. I used to be a private eye, but now I keep an eye on children during lunch breaks. All it took was a fatal accident. Oh no, somebody's dead! Everybody calm down. Calm down, it's just a deceased janitor. She's right, it's Mr. S, the janitor. I knew it! Danger lurks around every table. Gosh darn it, don't you think it's easy for me? Only having 25 minutes to solve a crime each time. Oh, if only they were committed outside of the lunchtime period, there would be someone else's problem. But they're not, they're my problems. And sometimes, the strength of one child can raise the hopes of an entire school. I believe in you, Mrs. C. And I believe in you, Billy. Let's finish our sponge cake and solve the mystery. Only if you don't go for seconds, Mrs. C. There's no time for seconds when there's murder involved, Billy. School's out. It's happened again. For murder. Oh, God, not another one. In Mrs. C, Lunchtime Detective. You really think you can solve this one? If I don't solve this, he'll go to the front of the queue tomorrow. Deal. Mrs. C, Lunchtime Detective. Good evening, sir. What would you like this evening? I would like the surf and turf. And for the lady? I would like the salad and wings. Very good, miss. I shall take your menus and be back shortly with the food. Mmm. 
I'm hungry now that we've ordered. Me too. I wish we'd order some starters now. Oh, look, here comes the drinks. Uh, what's this? Oh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's you. Yes, it's me. It's always me. When is it ever not me? You do the scene without me. That's not true. I was I was talking to myself. I am over 30 now, son. It's, it's all downhill from here, so I'm told. If you were talking to yourself, you wouldn't be doing it in a microphone. I like to record it and listen to it later. For what purpose? Well, in case I've forgotten what I was talking to myself about earlier on in the day. Do you do this often? Yes. I do this every day. In fact, you know that cupboard in the cellar? The one next to the freezer? All the tapes in there are entirely me talking to myself. And you also do this in other voices such as women's? women's yes. Women's, women's? Women's, yes, because sometimes I get a bit lonely and it's nice to hear someone else's voice. It's like putting the television on when you get in from work, just to have something on in the background. So so you don't feel as as lonely. So not only do you talk to yourself, but you also talk to yourself in different voices. And recall them for prosperity, and you listen back to them to remind you for the things you were talking about earlier on. Yes. Is it is it really that unbelievable? Yes. So you're willing to consider the alternative though? One where I'm recording things on my own. Doing sketches when you're out. You make me sound so deceitful. I have a genuine medical problem and I'm opening up to you and, and all you can think about is, is that other thing. You have to admit that your scenario is more likely of the two. And I do, because what I've said is a pile of old bees, that a child could come up with a better excuse. So I've got this one to cover me back. Uh, he was recording voices to practice for an expensive present for you for your birthday. Eh? What does an expensive present have to do with recording your voice? If he told you, it would spoil the surprise. Birthday surprises are few and far between these days. You wouldn't want to spoil it now, would you, Reuben? Well, no, of course not. Then you should let the matter drop. Okay, I'll let it go this time. Whew. Thanks, child. That's just uh, me again, the stand-in. How are you that small? You were over six foot seven minutes ago. I was uh, improvising. Oh, I see. Actually, I don't see. I don't care. As long as I'm not in trouble, I don't care either. Hooray! Hooray!